Time for Profit from ERP. It's the ER Podcast, the verbal musings of the Director of Consulting Services at Profit from ERP, Gene Hammonds. That's me. Today, it's the 2019 State of the ERP Address. We'll talk about new efficiencies driven by cloud ERP. We'll talk about the increasing pressure on your internal corporate teams that are taking on new projects. We'll talk about ERP platform diversity, which means something for everyone, and we'll cover the strategic impact of ERP and the core competency to be a technology-driven company instead of a merger and acquisition target. So, if you Google ERP-related queries, you're going to find a world of information. Most of it's written from the perspective of someone who's trying to sell you their ERP software, which, while that's informative to a point, it's not always the point you were looking to answer. So what's our perspective? We help client companies analyze, select, and implement ERP software as well as related operational software and mobile apps. Granted, software selection expertise does not translate into an accurate general overview of the entire ERP industry. What we do have is a specific laser-focused examination of real-world results from actual working companies. We do selection and implementation again and again for client after client in a variety of industries, business lines, and verticals. The commonalities of our clients are they've already been successful and they're growing. Usually they've outgrown or outpaced the current system and it's gotten to the point where regardless if the cost seems huge, they know the effort needs to be undertaken. And that's where our consulting practice is designed to turn that completely around. Instead of approaching the project as a huge cost, we look to the efficiencies, the productivity gains, the cost avoidance, the labor savings, the revenue increases, and we measure it all as increased profit, profit from ERP. Profit's the goal, ERP's the tool. It just takes a history of experience and some knowledge of today's trends, and you can do more with Component ERP than at any time in the past. So today, while it's not exactly a congressional proclamation, it's definitely a real-world perspective. The 2019 State of the ERP Address. Today's podcast is being brought to you by Ide Bailey Technology Consulting. If you've been listening to the podcast for any time now, you know that an ERP project is bigger than a plug-and-play software implementation. There's planning, business analysis, business consulting, project valuation, all that happens up front. And managing actual implementation projects, that's reworking how your company does business. Can you think of anything more critical? When it's done right, it means huge returns for your company for years to come, greater efficiencies and better productivity. So with all this at stake, you need to work with top talent. And Ide Bailey Technology Consulting has been a NetSuite Partner of the Year several years running. As well as Worldwide Partner of the Year, they're definitely a top five NetSuite Global Consulting Partner. We work with a lot of technology partners and a lot of ERP programs. But when it comes to NetSuite, Ide Bailey is unmatched on how they approach and deliver an implementation project. And while you'd think working with the top talent is expensive, we've found that our customers actually save money working with Ide Bailey. You know, cost overruns are the norm in the ERP industry, but over 70% of our Ide Bailey projects have come in under budget. Really. 
The profit from ERP team cannot afford a failed implementation, and that's why we trust Ide Bailey with NetSuite projects large and small. There are a million things to go wrong on an ERP project, but working with Ide Bailey is just not one of them. NetSuite doesn't absolutely fit every company everywhere, but when NetSuite is the right ERP, Ide Bailey is the right partner. So if NetSuite is the direction you're going, you need to turn to Ide Bailey. Give us a call. We'll bring in the team. Or contact Ide Bailey directly to put things right. That's Ide Bailey. E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. Welcome back to the ER Podcast, the 2019 State of the ERP Address. Before we jump into today's content, a bit of a backstory. Yeah, I know there's always a bit of a backstory with me. But just this morning, I saw this pull quote from noted economist Thomas Sowell, who said, One of the most important reasons for studying history is that virtually every stupid idea that's in vogue today has been tried before and proved disastrous before, time and time again. So we don't want to go off angering economists, and we have a general policy around here of avoiding disaster whenever we can. So let's understand a little bit of history that's driving today's trends. Back in the early days of ERP, everything was modular to the extreme. You could buy a general ledger or GL system from one company and tie that to an AP, accounts payable system from another company. Today, all those modules have long been incorporated into different views of the same relational database. So any modern ERP will contain fairly complete financials. Now, if you're working with another consulting firm that's put together an RFP to send out to ERP providers, and on the front page of that RFP are questions that ask if the the ERP package in question contains an, a GL, AP, AR, purchasing, and the like, there's only two reasons. One, they're using an old RFP form from the 1986 era of extreme modularity, or two, They're sending it out to ERP softwares that they have no idea of never used that ERP. Both are big clues, so you might want to take a hint there. But the common model today is completeness of the base financial functions within a single database. In the old model, only huge companies had the IT resources to keep all these different databases integrated throughout the different upgrade roadmaps and changes in features. And now that we've moved to a single relational database, we move to a single version of the truth. Everyone agreed to give up the silos of information and sales, the mysterious costing spreadsheet of operations. We put a single company on a single system. And then came the cloud. Now, instead of an expensive middleware to have to integrate different systems, we have one single middleware for cloud-based ERP. It's the Internet itself. The commonality of the Internet is today's middleware. It's the one common communication protocol by which you connect all cloud-based software. And that's what this does. It allows ERP to connect to operational software, whether it's distribution, manufacturing, or services. We can now have best-of-breed solution in every area of our business. It means the mid-market companies can now compete on an analytics and technology basis formally reserved for only the Fortune 500, or somebody with $5 million. So we started out with modular multiple systems, then we moved to single source accounting and ERP, and now we're back again to multiple systems in what we call component ERP. Total costs have dropped substantially, and technology is generations ahead. Affordable ERP options are available for companies of all sizes, but with choice comes complexity, and there's a lot of systems out there. 
So how many ERP players are out there? Well, there's several good sites you can go to to get an idea of how many choices you might have in ERP systems. Say you're in construction and you want to know the various kinds of accounting software that is available to run your business. Go to capterra.com. They compile ERP systems. They have over 700 different business categories. And under construction, you see 50 possible choices for accounting software. Some are good, some not so much, but all of them are working for a construction company somewhere, and one might be right for you. But how do you know? Another website we really like is uh, G2 Crowd. They rely on crowd of software reviewers, companies that are actually using the ERP software to post reviews and recommendations. You'll find over 400 ERP platforms ranked and listed there. I like the G2 Crowd approach to user reviews, but you also need to take some of the issues with a little grain of salt. For example, I saw one reviewer complain that the ERP screens were too confusing and had so much functionality you'd get lost looking for what you wanted. Well, yeah, that's true. But it's also why when it's properly implemented, that same ERP software, you're supposed to go in and simplify each user's view. So Margie and AP sees only what Margie needs to do her job. The rest of the fields are still available. They're just not presented to Margie on that screen. It's called workflow simplification, and it's part of every project we implement with that ERP. But of course, we don't know who or how the system was implemented by the person that wrote that individual review. So again, you need to take those with a grain of salt. ERPfocus.com also has a great deal of ERP listings as well as some great content on how to manage your project. Of course, at Profit from ERP, we're in the business of hands-on helping you with those same issues, but the ERP focus can give you a really good idea of some of the challenges you're going to face in an ERP project. And full disclosure, ERP focus awarded our GeneHammonds.com website the number three independent ERP blog worldwide back in 2014, but don't let that color our rankings and, and, and accolades and awards are, are always welcome. <laughs> so in all, really you've got thousands of choices for ERP. And there's probably 500 viable choices for ERP today. Probably the top 50 ERP platforms have maybe 85% of the market share. But those up-and-coming few hundred ERP providers, some of those may emerge as viable alternatives in the days to come. And there's always a lot of risk with smaller ERP companies. Not that risk can't be mitigated, but you need to know what you're getting into. The main point, there are ERP systems of every size, shape, and price range that you can imagine. The trick is finding the right one that will make your business more productive and understanding that picking the top market share ERP package won't necessarily fit your business model exactly. For our clients, we let the requirements drive the decision. So that's one of our trends. Practically any ERP will fit somewhere, and there's a lot of diversity in the ERP industry from thousands of choices. The next trend we're going to talk about is there's more and more responsibility being thrown on the internal ERP teams than ever before. More required of client companies who don't always have a lot of experience implementing critical ERP software. So let's get into that. Over the past few years, made-for-cloud software has developed some distinct advantages. Now let's look at some past ERP projects that we worked on. We, we worked with an air ambulance company. 
uh, they selected several to look at. They had a traditional ERP, Microsoft Dynamics GP, the former Great Plains. It was competing with a couple of the made-for-cloud ERP packages. NetSuite was in there, Acumatica, uh, Intact. It really didn't matter what the names were, just that you know we're comparing a traditional ERP versus a made-for-cloud ERP. It could have been the same with dozens of other names. One, the traditional software, most of these were written and released in the early 1990s. Our cloud ERP players were written in the late 90s and really gained traction post-2000s. And you'll remember the internet came of age about 1996. That's a critical date. So cloud programs have both a 10-year newer technological advantage, kind of the difference between Windows 3.0 and Windows XP, if you can remember those differences. But there's a technological advantage, and they were created for a connected internet world. Traditional ERP, any older, more mature technology, may have some advanced features that the newer platforms just haven't developed yet. So there's an advantage there as well. So at this point, you're looking at both cloud and traditional software still in the race. The next step, we get to the cost estimates. The software was priced just about the same, but with ERP, there's a software cost. That's the cost to license the software and how many users. There's an implementation cost, the cost for the partners to install, configure, set up, integrate, train the users, all of those sorts of things. And here's where we need to make a differentiation between made for cloud and cloud. They're two different things. Made for cloud is generally a multi-tenant environment. It's one instance of the software that many companies or tenants subscribe to, multi-tenant. So if you're going with Sage Intact, a multi-tenant system, there's already an instance of Intact running in the cloud with plenty of other subscribers using that instance. Now, your company's environment is completely secure, so nobody has the possibility of accessing your data. It's been up and running for years. There's been no problems in that area. But it's up and running, and it just needs configuration. Now, traditional ERP, on the other hand, is made to start from scratch, to install on servers at your office. A single tenant, that's you. A single company user, that's your company. It's a brand new implementation. There's more to the setup, more to the configuration. Think of it this way. Made for cloud is like a downtown skyscraper. You rent out a floor, and there's some construction. You've got to configure the offices, the reception area, conference rooms, get everything the way you like it. But the structure is already there, up and running. Traditional ERP is starting from the ground up. We're clearing the land, we're pulling the permits, we're pouring foundations. It takes a while longer. And with software consultants, the hourly rate is 175 an hour to 225 an hour. So time is, is, is our budget enemy in this, this scenario. So while our made-for-cloud programs were projecting a three to four month implementation. Traditional ERP schedules were for a nine to 12 month implementation. And traditional ERP ended up costing 200,000 more. Given that we'd not found any requirements requiring something that traditional ERP offers, they were pretty much out of the running. And we've seen this in project after project after project. The software companies have seen it too. And now, almost every major traditional ERP package is available in some form of cloud delivery. But they've kind of missed the point. 
Simply moving a traditional ERP package to the cloud platform is not the same as multi-tenant cloud skyscrapers. It's still traditional ERP, only it's on a cloud. You still have to build that platform from the ground up, only you're doing it in the cloud instead of a server environment on-premise. So there's still the same amount of work as the normal 9 to 12 month implementation. It's a problem, an expensive problem, and it makes traditional ERP less competitive. So companies are taking steps, okay? Microsoft Dynamics ERP is taking two of their ERP platforms, NAV and AX, and creating new cloud versions. They're actually rewriting on those code bases, adding some features from Dynamics CRM, specializing in certain functions like sales, customer service, retail, project service, and so on. So now Microsoft Dynamics NAV is being marketed under the name Dynamics 365 Business Central. And in the early releases, it's priced very attractively as, an, as a replacement to QuickBooks. It's very inexpensive, except the reseller channel, the companies that sell and install Microsoft ERP, are still making their livings off those 9 to 12 month implementations we were talking about earlier for traditional ERP. Yeah, it's a cloud-delivered system, but not a made-for-cloud multi-tenant ERP. So we had another client. They looked at Business Central, and the software costs were under 10000 for the first year. Uh, but the implementation project from the local business partner was $67,000. That's just the same as the traditional NAV project. Microsoft is on the right track. They're working to compete with the made-for-cloud ERP products. And let's remember, the whole Dynamics 365 concept was launched in April of 2018, so we're not even a year into it. But in practice, the reseller partners aren't competitive yet. Now, our research has uncovered some new master reseller teams that are working with partners to teach them to deliver targeted, quick implementations priced at $3,000, $12,000, or $20,000, a far cry from that previously quoted sixty-seven grand. But how will all this work? Well, these are prepackaged, limited scope, best practices, quick implementations. They'll get you up and running on Business Central with basic training, and your people start to work with the new tool, and they sort of teach themselves the finer points of how to use it. There's, there is basic training, but it's not a comprehensive launch. And how will it work? The jury is still out. There's not many folks live on the product at this point, which makes our point in trend number three. More is required of your internal ERP team than ever before. The success of the project is now up to you. Costs are coming down, yes, but the success is up to you. Overall, we see Made for Cloud ERP, the NetSuite's Acumatic, Intact, and other emerging offerings. They'll continue to lead the pack both in technology and affordability of implementation in places where they fit. We see efforts by Microsoft, other Sage products, Infor, and many others to bring traditional ERP to the cloud, but as of yet, none have solved the cost disadvantages of long, complex implementations. Now, understand we're not recommending only made-for-cloud ERP. There are business requirements and market segments that are going to rely on features that are only found in very mature software. And there are also many lower cost programs, many reasons to include several ERP options in your selection process. So the profit from ERP concept is going to help your internal team, one, by bringing the experience of over 400 ERP projects, two, by detailing and managing a tried and true methodology, the same steps and processes used by the most successful ERP adopters, and three, 
bringing a comprehensive strategic approach to continual technology improvement designed to create productivity, efficiency, and profit from ERP. Feel free to reach out. Contact us at info at profitfromerp.com for a free high-level ROI assessment for your business. What that includes is a brief phone discussion to let you know what to expect in terms of possible ROI or the return on investment our past clients have had with businesses similar to yours. We'll give you some planning guidance on how long the selection and implementation process usually takes, some preliminary budgeting guidelines so you'll know what to expect, and what possible ERP vendors you might end up considering. But let's talk about ROI for a second. Our free high-level ROI assessment's a first step. Should you engage our consulting services, we'll get into a whole lot more detail, more specifics, exactly how and when your technology project will pay for itself. That's what we call the cost revenue model. And that concept brings us to our final trend. If we're really gonna create ROI, return on investment with ERP, and we are, that means within a certain time frame, the ERP project will pay for itself through cost savings, cost avoidance, revenue enhancement, and so on. A happy ending, right? No, it's actually a happy beginning. The final 2019 state of the ERP trend line we see is that successful companies are leveraging technology projects strategically for continual growth. So let's say you have a very old ERP system or something you've outgrown and, and you go through a replacement ERP project that ends up with the average 3% ROI. That is 3% more bottom line profit through efficiencies and productivity increases. We're saying that you set aside some of that 3% to take the next technology step. Maybe it's BI business intelligence to make better marketing decisions, or, or CRM to bump sales. Maybe it's a mobile app that allows your customers to enter orders quicker and easier. Whatever makes sense in, in your business, whatever will pay for itself many times over. The idea is if we can continually generate ROI with technology projects that pay for themselves and continually generate more profit, why would we stop? We wouldn't. By the time we're rolling out and going live with our ERP project, we're already doing business analysis and building a cost revenue model to start evaluating the next software selection and implementation. Granted, the next project won't be as disruptive and comprehensive as ERP, and it will usually involve a different implementation team so we don't run the risk of employee burnout. It's just something to start thinking about today. We'll go into more detail. We've got an upcoming episode planned on how every company should be a technology company. Just begin to start realizing what can really happen with profit from ERP. So that's it, our 2019 State of the ERP Address. We hope you stood up and cheered at the appropriate times. Just to recap, we covered the new efficiencies driven by made-for-cloud ERP. We talked about increasing pressure on your internal team and how ERP success depends more than ever on that internal team. There's huge ERP platform diversity, which means something for everyone at almost every price point. And we briefly covered the potential for strategic impact with ERP and how ROI and profit from ERP is your roadmap to continual growth. So thanks for listening. We encourage you to subscribe at Apple Podcasts and like the podcast. That helps us with future rankings, as would a recommendation for your friends that would be interested to do the same. 
Next week, if all goes according to plan, <laughs> we're opening things up with some special guests on the next episode of ER Podcast from Profit from ERP. I'm your host, Gene Hammonds, wishing you a profitable day today and a more profitable day tomorrow with Profit from ERP.